You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about what it means to practice as a counselor. This week, we read Psychology Today's article, Explaining to Adolescents the Power of Practice, published in 2023. Um, Heather, within the article, it talks about a couple of different parts of of practicing as a counselor. Uh, First, that practice can be boring sometimes. Yeah, I think that it's true, right? If you're mm-hmm. trying to master a skill or trying to get better at something, it, repetition can be helpful, but it can also be just very like non-exciting yeah. and very boring. The very first thing that comes to mind when I say that is sitting at the piano when I was little, trying mm-hmm. to practice yeah. piano. Just, just ugh, over yeah. and over. It and was like, not fun. Yeah. I mean, I think it maybe could have been and just make me wonder how do some kids get really good at practicing something like that? Right. Um, what are your thoughts? How does someone push through that practice can be boring to get to the point where they're really good at something? Right. So I think self-reflection in that is so important. So mm-hmm. even, especially if you're feeling bored or stuck, like mm-hmm. you feel like you're not making progress to be able to look back. If you've been practicing a skill for like a week and you look back and go, Oh, oh Okay. Well, when I did it the first time, it was uncomfortable. Or then I did it the second. Like, when did it get boring? That's a reflection point. And then now that you're bored, like, have you really increased your skills? Oh, okay. Thinking about this analogy with practicing piano. So that means if you're trying to learn to play piano and you can get to a point where, oh, I learned a little song. Right. And it feels like you, oh, look, I I have fruit from Mm -hmm. my practice. Okay. So... I think that to me also means a really savvy teacher right? who can set you up for that kind of success milestone. Mm-hmm. Do you think, is there a way to do that as a supervisor? I think there are tweaks you can make. It's all on whether your uh, supervisee bites, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because there's fun things you can do in supervision to not make it so boring with like, okay, so yeah, paperwork, it's boring, but we need to make these corrections or we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of times at the very beginning when I'm reading my supervisee's notes, I mean, they're just too wordy and bad. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And they're trying so hard to like right. exactly write specific mm-hmm, things. And mm-hmm. so I tried to give like comical feedback that makes them stop and like mm-hmm, reset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I tried to also make it so we're not just doing the same thing about their paperwork every time, like giving them different Yes. Yes. Again, the piano example. If you're practicing the exact same scale over and over and over, it doesn't keep your brain as engaged as practicing something slightly different. So you're saying in supervision, there might be time where you focus on improving on notes, but you don't spend the entire session every single week until the note is perfect. perfect. Right. Okay. Um, and there, within counseling, there are so many different parts that you could practice. Right. Like, that's really applicable. Right. Um, I like the idea of reflecting back and noticing change. Mm-hmm. I think that that could be a little challenging in counseling because we're not in a session with our clients, right. with our supervisors. Right. And they might not notice change as easily because right, right they're in the moment right. and they're doing it. 
Um, maybe I can imagine for myself feeling like um, I've gotten through an initial session with someone or like an intake and I feel more confident. Right. You start to grow a little bit. You start mm-hmm. to go, okay, now I have like a baseline of what I can do. Mm-hmm. Like, Or maybe um, in uh, leading a group that I realize, oh, that felt easier mm-hmm. or um, I felt like I managed the group a little bit better right. time-wise or managing like the interaction between people that feels right. like, oh, I got better at that or right. I can see myself improving. Um, what about... You not so we've talked about you as the supervisor helping a supervisee to see this, but do you do this now with yourself where you can see we're because really we're still practicing right. as counselors right. and as supervisors. Mm-hmm. Do you reflect back and and or do you maybe sometimes get bored within the practice? Of being a counselor or supervisor? I think sometimes I can get bored. I've noticed this for myself. If I have too many of the same type client or clients that are dealing with similar issues, I get like restless. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like my brain is like, well, didn't we already have this conversation. No, that was a different client, you know, yeah. and like you get kind of in that rut. Yeah. So I try purposely to not book like clients on the same day. Oh, does that get challenging sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can imagine it's been a long time but I know that you've had an experience like this before. Um, it's been a long time since I've worked in a place where there was a manual or something like a manual, (laughs) man, I can get really bored really quickly. Mm -hmm. If every group or every hour of my day is manualized. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know I get really excited and think it's fun to think up new ways to, um, offer the same topic. Right. So maybe it, it, maybe we are doing, um, mindfulness, mm-hmm. this, maybe this hour of the day is a group called mindfulness that coming up with a new way to present that right. can be fun right. and and fun for the group, but also fun for me to think up a new way right. to, to do it. Think about that. Yeah. Um, but did you feel that way uh, using 100%. manualized groups? Yeah. Whenever you have that where it's already pre-scheduled and you're like, Hey, now I've got to do this kind of group. You're like, really? Mm-hmm. Do we have to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but challenging myself to do something different or also be thinking about it from the client's point of view. Well, they don't want to sit and fill out a worksheet. Like they right. want to do something different. Right. Oh man. I, I don't know when the last time I had to do that was, but that when you get to that, this is the week two, oh, yeah. <laughs> week two worksheet. Right. Like, oh, um, but even then I think you can inject yourself into that mm-hmm. or use the worksheet, but add something to it or do right. something, you know, change what you ask them to do with the worksheet that you change it up. Real brave in that job that had those type of things. I was like, and you can take the worksheet home to look at later. (laughs) I gave it. (laughs) And you could fold this up and and wedge it under the table. So the table doesn't wobble. (laughs) So you just get at some point, you're like, this was a good outline of what we're talking about. But Um, I think this happens to counselors when they have practiced for a long time. Sure. And they just don't feel energized by what they're doing anymore. Right. right. It's like but, kind of the precursor to burnout. Like if you're oh, already feeling this way, well, look out. Uh-huh. You're, you know. Okay. So it could, it could be a sign of lots of different things, but there are ways where you can energize yourself or mm-hmm. inject some enthusiasm back into right. what you're doing. Okay. So practicing as a counselor is not just for new young counselors, but it's also for counselors that have been doing it for a long time and it happens to everybody and there's something we can do about it. Right. Okay. 
Practice, the next point in the article is that practice is a life skill. Right. I think that's where you're going with that is Mm -hmm. it's not just a counseling skill, but also like it continues to happen as you uh, progress in your practice, you're going to use those techniques and those skills in other ways. And so it's like, you're not, when you, I find myself often like, okay, something came up in a session and like, you know, three months later, I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. And it could be something completely not related, Uh but it's like when you start mending those things together, Uh you are practicing the same skills, maybe in a different context. Well, I mean, I've been thinking about, I'm working on a project right now where I'm thinking about learning objectives a lot. And I think, I mean, that's a higher level Mm -hmm. of learning, right? Right. That you are synthesizing. So you haven't just memorized it or you know how do I define it or identify it, but now you're synthesizing it and including it in other things that you're doing. Right. Um, I think, do you think, I, I don't think that we do. I think that's why we do this and the right. other things that <laughs> we do. But <laughs> do you think that some supervisors get to a point where they think I'm done? Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I know this or mm-hmm. I've practiced this or I know how to manage this. And so they're not still expecting themselves to learn or change right. or grow. Right. I think that that happens often, actually. I think people hit a point where they just think like, oh, well, this is how it is. Yeah. This is what. Well, or like. Right. Oh, good. I checked that box. Mm-hmm. Moving on mm-hmm. and not reverting back. Oh, to I'm also thinking a lot about, I, I need to get some continuing ad- education hours <laughs> done in the next couple of months. And so I've been thinking about what. Right. What which, do you want to do? Yeah. Um, that makes me think about our ethics requirement. Mm-hmm. We're required to do ethics every single renewal yep. cycle, every time yep. we, we renew our license. Um, and if we every time thought, oh, I've done that. I already know that. Mm-hmm. Then we wouldn't get anything more out of it. Right. But we are expected to refresh that and do that every single mm-hmm. time. It could get boring. Definitely. Right. I mean, right. I think, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. ethics, et- the <laughs> ethics is continuing education is oft- could often be boring. Right. Um, but challenging ourselves to think about it in a new way. Right. And still getting something out of it every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Do you, I, maybe it's optimistic of me. I'd like to think that counselors are lifelong learners. I, yes, that, that sounds very optimistic. I would say, I'll I'll reframe it a little bit. I'm using the word good. I don't know what that really means, but like good counselors Mm -hmm. or, you know, Mm -hmm. invest in lifelong learning. What about invested counselors or lifelong, you know, people that, um, people that are pushing themselves Mm -hmm. that, invest in themselves or the right. profession, they continue to learn and get something right. out of it. Um, the opposite. What if you're not practicing? Oh yeah. What, what mean, does that look like? What is a counselor who stops learning, stops practicing? What, what does that look like in their day to day? I mean, for me, that would be boring. So that's the first word that comes mm-hmm. to mind, mm-hmm. even though practice can be boring, that would mm-hmm. be boring. I think also like the lack of growth, like mm-hmm. I would feel very disconnected and I mean, could mm-hmm. you, could you go on for a while and I, in counseling doing that? I mean, maybe, but at some point in time, it seems like it would take a toll on everything, like on you being successful as a counselor and then being able to help other people. Like, it seems like at some point it just would oh. stop. So stay with us. We'll be right back. The coaching conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. 
This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Um, a lot of different areas of that counselor would become stagnant. Right. May like they would be stagnant. Mm-hmm. Their clients would get to a point where they were stagnant. Right. They wouldn't the clients themselves wouldn't see any more change or growth. Mm-hmm. The their the counselors business, whether they're right. in private practice or not, that would become mm-hmm. stagnant. It just right. You're not gonna have change. new clients coming in if they don't, you mm-hmm. know, you're not gonna have clients staying very long if they're not mm-hmm. getting what they need. And if it makes me think those are the kinds of you know, you go to the counselor's website and it yeah. looks like <laughs> nothing's changed right. on the website and right. you're stuck ten still. years. Right. You're like, oh, update that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That they're still doing the same thing over and over. Right. Um, the next point in our article is practicing something new can feel weird. Sure. I mean, for me, it's all, for me, it's always weird, right? Something new is always weird, like anxiety about um, doing a new type of therapy or like uh-huh. learning something new. Cause you don't feel like you've mastered it. You don't yeah. feel. And so you're like, I hope I'm doing this right. Yeah. Like I hope I'm, hope I'm understanding this. Mm-hmm. Right. And part of it's just trusting your gut and yeah. going forward with like, I'm trying to think of uh, things that I've practiced that were new, that felt weird. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, okay. How about even learning to write? Oh yeah, when you're That's little, a great example. like holding the holding pencil. a pencil mm-hmm. the first time. You know those? I think they're cute, but the crayon, the chubby crayons mm-hmm. that are intended for little right. hands, right. and so they don't actually—they're not small. They're not right. meant for you to hold it the way you right. would hold a pencil great. or a pen. Yeah. Um, that ch- gradually changing that and knowing mm-hmm. where to put your fingers. Right. And ha- it's a great know, example. That at first that feels funny, and you do, and little kids do just grab it right. versus holding it. Right. In the position to write, that that uh, that change mm-hmm. feels funny. Um, I this makes me think of having conversations with counselors that I've known for a while, and they say things. You, you know, maybe we we both or one of us comes across a new technique or a new idea, oh, yeah. and one of us goes, "I don't know, nope, nope. that that yeah. newfangled <laughs> idea. I don't know about that." Um, but so many of the modalities that we use were that at some point of course they were always on the new Mm -hmm. cusp of something Mm -hmm. and like can you i mean in the 80s when emdr was developed can you imagine the first time someone said i'm gonna do this thing called emdr right right and i promise it works it's so amazing (laughs) that probably everybody in the room looked at them like yeah did you just grow a second head right you're gonna do what right and you think what's gonna happen right um can you think of others that you like from that perspective that if you looked at it from the very first time it was introduced to you, that you would have thought, what? Yeah. Why I mean, would we I do think, that? I actually think so many things in like mental health have experienced that. And I'm, I'm having a hard time searching for exactly, but I have an example of when there was an intake form at an agency I worked at for couples that would mm-hmm, come in mm-hmm. and like, they had like this like set list of questions. And as an intern, I just, here's your paper, pull mm-hmm, this out mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Well, recently a colleague of mine sent me a copy of one. She's like, we are cleaning out the cabinets. Look what we found. And like, oh. none of those questions would be questions I ask now. And right. currently in practice, like, right. oh, that was a big shift. But I'm sure at the time it was really important to know how many minutes 
a week do you spend with your spouse? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was like some very funny, yeah, part, yeah, like, yeah. so I think those type things get like, when we were first doing it, people were like, what, why are you asking those? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think of Gottman and his experiments, yes. like how he tested everything, which is great evidence yeah. that, of how our, you know, couples interact with each other. But at the same time, I mean, mm-hmm. I would have been like, hey, uh, no. <laughs> Right. Well, and not that we even stuck with all of those ideas, but imagine, you know, Freud, come lay down on my couch. Couch. Lay down. Lay down. Lay down. Just lay down. And also don't look at me. Right. Don't look. Don't (laughs) contact. Mm. Um, Or even the shift out of that. Right. Like, oh, no, no, we're not going to lay down this time. Right. What? What? Or like um, the... relationship that you have with your counselor is reflective on your relationship. Like, yes. like working through Can you imagine trying to explain that to somebody like, no, now yeah. we're going to have a relationship and right. you yeah. are going to be able to. They but- would lo- I think they would look at you like, should we hold hands? Right. I don't know what we should do now if we're in a relationship. Right. I had a um, professor when I was in grad school explain, I don't remember exactly what, he was explaining group uh, mm-hmm. dynamics and mm-hmm. stuff. And he said, you know, in the 70s, it was in a hot tub and the counselor was invited over to a bunch of neighbor's houses and this is how it started. And I was like, ew, like, yeah. and he was serious. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right. This is something. When the, the first time you see it, your group for counseling right. and everybody gets in the hot tub. Mm, and... No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'd be thinking, ew, don't touch my feet. Right, no please, one touch no my one feet. Touch uh, right. <laughs> no one touch anything. Right. No one touch anything. Right. Um, but there would be so many part practicing something new can feel really weird. Right. Okay. What if, and maybe, um, I mean, none of us are going to get back in the hot tub, hopefully. Right. I don't think I that, don't think I don't think we're headed that way. But um, if we're talking about asking our supervisees to do something and practice something that is new, so mm-hmm. it's going to feel weird. Mm-hmm. How do we help them? How do we help facilitate that knowing we know it's going to feel weird. To right. Know. It doesn't feel right. And this is something you're just mm-hmm. going to have to keep. Pra- I think one, just be supportive and open, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not, they're going to resist mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're not going to be feeling confident. And if they're not confident, they're not going to want to do it. Which right. Is yeah. That whole cycle. Um, I think recently with my little group of, I have a group where I meet as a group every once in a while with supervisees. And I've been individually, I had this conversation with each one of them. And then as a group, we've had this conversation that I want to help them push towards realizing their emotions related to their clients. Absolutely. And that (laughs) I thought specifically this group wasn't doing that a whole lot, but that feels so weird Mm -hmm. to them. To them. And And the reason I spoke to them individually first was that I said, I see that this is something that you could work on. Mm-hmm. How would it feel to you to work on this individually? And do you feel like you could work on it with the group? Mm-hmm. And I think it speaks to all of them that they all said, we feel like our group is strong enough that we could do this together. So they okay. wanted yeah. to. Uh, but I do, it, with intention, ask them sometimes to stop and and let's just all focus on how do we, how are we, re- we reacting to that? What right. are your emotions? What are your emotions? And expressing it mm-hmm. and saying it out loud to each other. But it does feel weird to them. They all make this face like, ugh, right. deer in headlights. Right. What? Do, how do I do this? So it feels weird to them. And there's so much now that they do. I mean, with all the shifts in learning, like we go to mm-hmm. a lot of like online learning platforms. Mm-hmm. A lot of our supervisees are coming out of school with like most of their education was online. Right. And or most... 
and or most of their practical experience. Right. It's all, right. I mean, so it's like a lot. It's very different. But asking them to engage in that way is probably like a, another barrier to break through, like another mm-hmm. like wall to uh-huh, like uh-huh. bond uh-huh. a little bit. So it feels very personal, yeah. very deep. I th- um, Not every single time, but I think it, it, there is some overlap. I think I'd, I'm trying to do the same thing with supervisees related to expressing um, diversity, equality, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Right. That To get them to think in those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, asking them to recognize their experience in a session mm-hmm. and how to put it into words and how to feel comfortable. So I think every supervisee that I've worked with and thinking about that, they're at different levels. Right. They're uh, levels of um, feeling comfortable mm-hmm. talking about that. So some can, some know the words they want to use for themselves and they're mm-hmm. working on then how to say it in their counselor right. role. Right. <laughs> and then there are other supervisees who aren't quite yet comfortable saying it at all. Okay. And that's the point they're that's starting a, yeah. at. So everybody's starting at a different point, but it feels mm-hmm. new and right. weird. Um, I don't know why my brain just went here, but I'll share. First time going to, how long did it take you to transition to using like a scheduler, like on a computer or a phone versus a paper calendar? And Sarah's a lot younger than I am. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I mm-hmm. super so- struggled with that. Yeah. I literally kept two calendars for almost an entire year. Oh, wow. I could not trust that my yeah. phone calendar mm-hmm. was going to be adequate. I think... I had, I don't even know what it was called, but my dad gave it to me as a present. Was I don't it a know. Palm Pilot? Something like okay, that. Okay, yeah. And had a cute little case right. that he got for me that yeah. I liked. Um, and before that, I had a paper calendar. So you you transitioned very easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and certainly now my calendar is at a whole different level of complicated. Right. Um. And different. so maybe that was it that yeah. back that at that point, I wasn't managing quite as many things right. as I do now. Right. Yeah. It took me a whole year. I just didn't trust it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, something's going to happen. I'm going to yeah. lose all of this. Well, what about, I don't know. I'm trying to think, I think I did. Well, I mean, maybe the same, maybe calendar and my address book. Okay. Address book right? guy. <laughs> that um, at some point I had both a paper calendar and a paper address book mm-hmm. and it transitioned. Right. And I, I know that this book was easier for me. <laughs> I th- lots of people have a hard time with that right, one. Right. What if, if I lose this, this list of phone numbers, those people are just gone. Right. And that can be scary. Mm-hmm. So changing mm-hmm. that. What about I, well, we've talked about it before that you at one point had a stack of paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of stack of paper. Right. That with all of your notes and all uh-huh. your records, you know, transitioning right. that. But I think when you've talked about that, that felt, Almost liberating. Yes. It was like to get relief. Rid of Once I yeah. could lose it, it was like, oh, this is what life could be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have heard other people go, oh, no, no, no. Right. I, if I didn't write it down right. or if I can't refer back to it in hard copy, mm-hmm. what will I do? So that's weird too. Right. It was, yeah, it was hard. I have a supervisee right now that is doing, so at her office, at her location she's assigned to, she has to use certain forms. Mm-hmm. And so they have to be in this documented form. Mm-hmm. But she actually is ending up doing a lot of reflection of her own because she's realizing those forms get her nowhere. She's not growing. Yes. And so yes. she's practicing now identifying some yeah. stuff outside of session right. for her own process. I, I haven't seen that in, in supervisees that started off in maybe an agency 
and either switch to a different agency or start a mm-hmm. practice or enter a practice. And they want to take the old forms with, <laughs> with them. them. They're like, I need right. these. <laughs> Even a paper or electronic right. version, they right. really are dedicated to the question or the order of the questions mm-hmm. and getting them to see beyond that. Yeah. That, well, I mean, if you wanted to, you could change that. How could you improve on this? Mm-hmm. Or if you're not, you're not stuck to this format right. anymore. What do you? What else do you need on mm-hmm. this? What maybe, would you add? Maybe when you use this form, you actually always included that hand wrote this question in, or just mm-hmm. added it in, typed it in right. in your notes when you. Mm-hmm. What's that question? Maybe right. you've decided that that's a valuable question and you want to right. add it. It's liberating. But that maybe that's the conclusion of all of this. That. All of that comes through practice. Oh, practice yes. can be boring. Practice mm-hmm. is an important skill, but practice is also what's helping us to be better and better. Exactly. Well, thanks for listening today to Supervision with Vision.